0: You like that video? (laughs) Me too. Um, I'm going to teach you tonight a little bit what Jesus has been teaching me recently about words. Words can bring life, but words can also bring death. So I'm going to tell you a few stories to get us started, but first I'd like to pray. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for every single person that's in this room. Thank you that you created us. Thank you that we get to gather on a on a state secular campus and worship you. Please speak through me. Let these be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So uh, <clears throat> I was in sixth grade. I had a really good friend, my best friend, in fact. We'll call him Tony. And Tony and I did everything together. Um, this was before iPads and Game Boys and all that kind of stuff, so spent a lot of time outside riding our bikes, um, playing sports, baseball, basketball, everything under the sun. We were best buds. Sometime in sixth grade, we decided that there was a cool group of kids. And then we decided that my friend Tony was not part of the cool group. So we told him that. We told him he was not cool anymore. We told him he was a dork. We called him all sorts of names. When he asked to hang out with us, we said, no, you're not one of the cool kids. And it hurt him. And honestly, it hurt me. Even when I would do it and say those words, I knew it was wrong. It hurt me. He would call me, and I would ignore his call. He would knock on the door, and I would hide. One day, I left the front door, and he was standing there on his bicycle. And I was on the top of the stairs, and I looked down at him, and He looked up at me, and his eyes were wet, and he said, Carter, you were my best friend. Even if all those other guys didn't want to hang out with me, I never thought you would turn away from me. See, words have power. I had another friend in elementary school who moved away in junior high. We were also very good friends, so much so that we stayed in touch over the years. Even when he went through junior high school, in Arizona, in high school, in Des Moines. We stayed in touch. We visited each other. We talked on the phone. We were friends. We carried this friendship. Through our college years, uh, we both went through some just junk, some stupid stuff. And I'd kind of come on the other side of it. He was kind of stuck in the middle of it. And one night he called me. It was really late at night. And he was really emotional. And I said, what's wrong, dude? He said, Carter, I don't want to live anymore. And so I did the only thing I could do. I said words. I was hundreds of miles away, on the phone. All I had were words. So I told him he had value. I told, you, he, told him he was loved. I told him he was my best friend. I told him people would be devastated if he killed himself. And thank God he did not kill himself. Came out on the other side. We're still really, really good friends to this day. A few years ago, we were on the phone, and he brought up that moment, and I honestly had kind of forgotten about it. And he said, you know what, Carter? That night, the words you said to me saved my life. words have power this morning I met a student over at Sidecar and I said what's your story what are you passionate about what are you doing here at UNI she said I'm a I'm an advocate for people with special needs I said that's so cool we need people like you in this world what made you passionate about that she said "In middle school I was on the bus the bus stopped And the bus driver was bawling. Grown woman, crying. And she had the courage to ask her what was wrong. The bus driver said, these kids keep calling these other kids retarded. And my grandson has Down syndrome. And that stuck with her. So much so that she's here studying elementary education, to be an advocate for people like that. Words have power. So what about the Bible? It's a book full of a bunch of words, right? I think there's some pretty powerful words in here. Think about the uh, creation story in Genesis. When God creates, what does he do? you can answer here. Loud. Let me hear you. Speaks. Yes. God speaks creation. Words have power. And then in Proverbs, this is a a collection of wise sayings from some very wise people. I'm going to give you a few of them here. These are beautiful, beautiful nuggets about words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Have you ever said something and thought about you sticking a sword in someone? There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. What about Jesus? In John's Gospel, What is Jesus referred to as? You can yell this out too. The Word. This book is sometimes referred to as the Word, God's Word, the good Word. So I want to read a little nugget from Jesus, something he said, words he said, about words. So uh, Matthew 12, he's talking to the religious leaders. And he's got some pretty stern words for them about their words. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good things stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in him. But I tell you that everyone, everyone, will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. So what's in your heart? What are you filling your heart with? Because this says whatever you put in your heart is going to come out of it, most likely through your words. Are your words empty, like it says in the scripture? Or are your words filling people up? Are your words bringing death? Or are your words bringing life? On Monday, we were sitting in a in a meeting, and someone shared a story about um, someone in their Bible study, and their uh, their dad had passed away a few years ago, and they were there when it happened, and the, this story that was told said that. This person felt their dad's spirit, their presence, actually leaving the body, leaving the room. I didn't quite know what to do with that. 30 minutes later, I got a text message on my phone from my wife, one of the college students that's in our Bible study, had a blood clot in her leg and it had broken up and had gone into both of her lungs. And so she was rushed to the emergency room. And so our Bible study group, we went to the hospital that night to visit her. And we brought our Bibles and just asked some questions and spent some time there. And her mom was there with with her, too. And we asked if it would be okay if we did a little Bible study. And she said, yes, please. So we opened up Scripture and we talked. And then we started sharing stories. If you were here a couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave Bartlett from Orchard talked about stories. Stories of God at work in your life. People can't deny that. Like the blind men. When their religious leaders questioned him, he said, I don't know about Jesus, whether or not he was a sinner, but I was blind. Now I can see. I know that. So we're telling these stories and I share the story that I heard a couple of hours ago about. The girl's dad, who died, and his spirit and his presence leaving the room, and they could feel it. And the mom, sitting right next to me, says, Six years ago, the exact same thing happened to me. And then she proceeded to open up and share, in front of of a group of pretty much complete strangers, about the last moments with her father. Her at his bedside, kneeled down, holding his hand. The time between each breath getting longer until he breathed his last breath. And she said, without question, I physically felt his spirit, his presence, leave his body and leave the room. I'm telling you this because I want you to remember that each and every one of us is a soul. This body, your body, is a container. That's what scripture says. We are ever-living, never-dying souls. Now, when you stop and look at a person in front of you with that mindset, it had better change the way you treat them it had better change the way you speak to them. Now, we're not perfect, and I'm certainly not. My words cut and bring death often. But think about that. Every single person is a creation. How you treat the creation reflects how you feel about the creator. Let me say that again. How you treat the creation, each other, Reflects how you feel about the creator. Uh, When you guys walked in tonight, hopefully you all got a a marker. I want you to take that marker out. If you did not get one, that's okay. Um, You can use a neighbor's um, when they're done. Now when you guys are pulling those markers out, I want you to stop and think. Hopefully, as I was sharing some stories about words that maybe triggered something in your life. I want you to think about a time, an impactful time, where words that you either received or gave brought death. So for the next 30 seconds to a minute, I want you to stop and think about a story in your life, and experience, a word, a phrase, a person, a place, where words brought death. Okay, now I want you to take the lid off your marker. I want you to take off one of your shoes. I'm serious. Now, some of you are going to be thinking, man, it kind of smells like The Walking Dead in here. That's okay. I want you to take your shoe off. I want you to think about that word or those words or that phrase or that person or that place that brought death. I want you to write it on the bottom of your, shoe, of your shoe, the sole of your shoe. Go ahead and do that right now. If you're like me, you could probably fill up two shoes. Okay. When you're done, I want you to look at that word, that phrase, that person, that place, whatever it is. Look at it. Put your shoe back on. Now here's the deal. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Romans 16:20 The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Jesus died on the cross, this I believe. It's the reason I'm standing here right now. But more so, he rose from the dead. And he gives you guys a chance to experience new life. One of the ways you can do that is through words. You can give it, receive it. But whatever you put on the bottom of your shoe, I want you to think about that verse. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. When you walk out of here tonight and you trample down to Lamp Post or back to your dorms or wherever you may go all across this campus, I want you to think about that. Put to death those words. Put to death those lies. Bring life with your words. I'm going to invite my friend uh, Danae to come up here. and She's going to share some words with you.
1: Hi guys. Um, so, in this I invite you just like Carter said, to see the life in these words and to see Jesus through them. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be, will I be pretty, will I be pretty, will I be pretty, what comes next, Uh, oh yes, rich which is almost pretty depending on where you shop. And the pretty question infects from conception, passing blood in breath into cells. The very word hangs from our mother's hearts like a shrill fluorescent floodlight of worry. Will I be wanted, worthy, pretty? but puberty left me with this funhouse mirror dryad, crooked nose, see- teeth set at science fiction angles, face donkey long, and poxmarked where the hormones went finger painting. My poor mother. How could this happen? You sucked your thumb, that's why your teeth look like that. You were hit in the face with a frisbee when you were six, otherwise your nose would have been fine. You'll have porcelain skin as soon as we can see a dermatologist. Don't worry, she'd say, we'll get it all fixed. All the while grasping my face, turning it this way and that, as if it were a cabbage, she might buy. By the time I was 16, I was pickled with ointments, peroxides, medications. Teeth corralled into steel bars, lying in a hospital bed, face face packed with gauze, cushioning the new nose the surgeon had carved. Belly gorged onto pints of my own blood. I had swallowed under anesthesia and every convulsive twist of my gut as if my body were crying at me from the inside out. What? did you let them do to you? And all the while, the IV needle dripping on and on in the background as if a never-ending chorus of, will I be pretty? Will I be pretty? Like my mother undoing the gift wrap to reveal the bouquet of daughter, her $10,000 bought her pretty, pretty. But this is not about me and this is not about my mother, not her fault that she too was raised to believe that the most valuable gift she could bestow upon her awkward little girl was a marketable facade. No, this is about the self-mutilating circus we have painted ourselves as clowns in. This is about women who will travel to six malls in seven different towns to find the right cocktail dress but haven't a clue where to find fulfillment or how to wear joy. This is about women who wander through life shackled to a shopping bag under the tyranny of those two pretty syllables. This is about men sitting on bar stools on the hill, drearily practicing attraction, and all of those who will drift home crestfallen tonight because not enough strangers found you suitably-able. This is about my own someday daughter who will come to me stang, stung by insecurity, begging, Mom, will I be pretty? Will I be pretty? And I will answer, no. And I will wipe that question from her mouth like cheap lipstick and answer, no. The word pretty is unworthy of everything you will be. No child of mine, no, no child of God's will be contained in five letters. You will be pretty intelligent, pretty creative, pretty amazing. But you will never be merely pretty.
0: (laughs) May you see that your words have power. May you see every single person as a creation. May your words bring life. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that since the beginning of it all, you have been speaking to us in so many different ways through the Bible, through prophets, through your Son, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, through creation, through each and every one of us. Help us see each and every one of us as an ever-living, never-dying soul. Help us choose our words carefully. Help us choose words that bring life and help us be part of redemption and restoration of the world. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for what he did on the cross. Thank you that he conquered death, crushed it under his feet. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people agreed and said... Amen.